to second. So Mahomes. Now gets it away. Are you kidding me? The shoulder shake. Five times. Fires on the run. Here comes Bob Miller. Oh, how did he pull that Trouble brings it across his body. that i welcome everybody in what's going on guys i'm your host as always the pody it is tuesday july 7th 2020 and we're back for another weekend update what's going on nick how you doing what's up pody how's everybody doing on this glorious tuesday so we were supposed to do the episode yesterday. Some uh, unforeseen circumstances prevented that from happening. I know I said we'd be back on Monday, but hey, we're back today and there's even more sports to talk about. We're going to try to keep this in the same, you know, 35, 45 minute range. I think that's really a sweet spot. I texted you that, that I think that's probably, you know, the, that's the, that's the sweet spot. I know my, my dad always tells me when it gets past like an hour, it sort of starts to drag and you lose interest, but we'll, 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 we'll do our best. Yeah. 45 minutes is perfect, especially everything that happened this weekend. There's a lot to talk about, but it's the right amount of time to cram everything in, get you guys updated on everything that's happening so far. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about it. We do. And if that intro didn't indicate it, that's where we're going to start. Patrick freaking Mahomes, the let's just anoint him the goat, right? He's apparently better than Tom Brady because I don't recall Tom Brady ever getting this kind of money ever. It is first reported by, I don't know if you saw this, some lady that works at a liquor store in the Kansas City area tweeted like an hour before even Adam Schefter tweeted. She had the scoop. Apparently some uh, executives from the Chiefs came in looking to buy some of the good stuff, some Dom Perignon. And uh, yeah, she deleted the tweet because she actually got scared, but she was right on the money because Adam Schefter dropped the news an hour later. It is a 10-year deal worth up to $503 million with incentives, okay? So he could earn up to half a billion dollars. Let that just sink in for a second. Um, it includes $477 million in guaranteed mechanisms and the ability for Mahomes to have outs if guarantee mechanisms aren't exercised. It's the richest contract in North American sports, in the major sports. Uh, it, hey, I read, I saw this today too, um, that if Mahomes gets to that full $503 million threshold throughout the ex- you know, the life expectancy of this contract, he will be making $96 every minute. Uh, I mean, That's what just more? Insane. It's ridiculous. That's insane. I remember when they were talking about like baseball contracts and they talk about how much a player makes every time he goes up at bat for a swing, but nine, 90, 90 something dollars a minute for the rest of his life. Are you kidding me? 
Yeah, uh, I, I mean, guys like Mike Trout, Bryce Harper, Christian Yelich, these are the baseball contracts that we're talking about, the $400 million contracts there, and Mahomes just passed all of them. Now, you just you just told me that if he were to get hurt, say he gets in a car accident tomorrow and like becomes paralyzed, then what happens? He is automatically guaranteed at least $140 million if he never ever plays a down of football again for the rest of his entire life. I mean, are you kidding me right now? That is just absurd. Not to, I mean, not even to have to play. That's why athletes, I mean, they have it the best. They have the greatest jobs on the planet. Nobody's going to argue that. But man, that agent, Woo, he just he just made a killing. I'm sure he gets what like 10% of that or 5%. Yeah, he must I mean, be getting somewhere between like 6 and 8% some somewhere dude, along the, along those lines. He's set for life, bro. Like, oh my god, you don't even know. But I hey, want to know what he's going to spend that money on first. I want to see if he's going to he's probably going to be humble about it. I mean, he's he's a highlight machine. He's under 25, a Super Bowl ring and MVP. He's on the cover of Madden already. Uh, he's he has the whole career in front of him. He's he's basically redefined the NFL and the quarterback position. A couple of years ago, you could argue that Steph Curry was one of the more polarizing athletes in the United States. Every kid was shooting threes, wearing Under Armour sneakers, chucking up, chucking up shots, yelling Curry. I feel like this next generation of young athletes that is going to come up, they're going to try and idolize and emulate Patrick Mahomes in any way that they can. Without a doubt, he is the next, he's the, he's the Michael Jordan of this generation. There's no doubt about it. He has done things in now, you know, his, in three years that nobody's ever done. I mean, he's redefining the position. Like you just said, no look passes. Uh, he's throwing balls, flipping them left-handed. Uh, I mean, he dislocated his kneecap on a quarterback sneak, still came back in the same season and won a Super Bowl. You don't see that very often. And yes, you said that. He's very humble. His father played Major League Baseball. Uh, he does have a, a longtime girlfriend, I believe. So I'll be interested to see if he does get married, if he signs a prenup or not, because whoo, uh, that would make her one rich lady. I know Jeff Bezos didn't sign a prenup. And when he got divorced, that lady became his ex-wife is now one of the richest people on the planet. Yeah, she, be, she became an instant billionaire. Instant, like <laughs> overnight. So sign that prenup, Patrick Mahomes. It don't matter because that's your money. But uh, yeah, it's just, it's insane. It's all anybody's been talking about since yesterday. Kind of, it, it didn't come out of the blue. I mean, he's got two years left uh, on his contract. So they reworked it and now they added 10 years. So he's locked in till he's like 34 or whatever it is. Um, but dude, just how about Andy Reid, man? I see him in his Tommy Bahama. He said he brought out the, his best Tommy Bahama today to talk about it. He's excited. A guy that couldn't get the Super Bowl. Not, not only does he now have one, can this become the next Patriot type of dynasty? Can they go out and win more? Because who knows? They could have had two in a row, possibly. They went to overtime against the Patriots a couple years ago. The ball didn't, you know, the coin didn't flip their way. So they didn't get a chance on offense and they don't go to the Super Bowl. Patriots win that one. They could have had that one. Do they come back this year? You know, Lamar Jackson looking for redemption. It's going to be a great season. Uh, I mean, this is going to be interesting. A lot of times people say that, you know, the contract doesn't live up to the hype or the player doesn't live up to the, to the contract. And I know my dad, he comes from a different era. He thought this was absurd, but I mean, what else are you supposed to do? He has redefined the position and he is the best to do it. 
right now. And I mean, he just won a Super Bowl. So of course you're going to pay him. And we, we just talked about it right before tip on the show. It, we're not talking about this. If he doesn't come back down 10 in the fourth and win that Super Bowl, if Emmanuel Sanders catches that ball or Jimmy G hits Emmanuel Sanders on that shot, we could be talking about Jimmy G winning his third Super Bowl, one as a starter, of course, two in New England as a backup to Tom Brady. But that's not what we're talking about. We are today talking about Patrick Mahomes as the highest paid player in sports history. It's probably the most justifiable contract for a starting quarterback in the league since Russell Wilson signed his $35 million a year contract with the Seahawks uh, around the league. It, it This was the move that I thought the market actually got right for once. Uh, if you look around the league at the top 10 highest paid quarterbacks, I can maybe justify three of them being on this list. You have people like Big Ben Roethlisberger, who's still making $34 million a year. They're still paying him for the two Super Bowls he got. Aaron Rodgers, that's one that I can agree with. But Kirk Cousins, Carson Wentz, each making $33, $32 million a year. Dak Prescott signing a franchise tag for $31 million a year. You got to be kidding me. That guy isn't worth half of that. Matt Ryan still getting paid $30 million a year. And let's not forget about the Tennessee Titans chalking up $29.5 million per year to who else but the former ah. Miami Dolphins bum Ryan Tannehill for one miraculous playoff run where they had the most dominant running back in the league to carry him. It's unreal, but this contract is its super impressive. Everyone knew that an extension for Patrick Mahomes was coming. You, there's no way that you're 25, you win a Super Bowl, you're the MVP, and you you have all these accolades, top 10 on Center virtually every Sunday and you don't get this contract extension. This is the Chiefs paying for the Super Bowl that they just won and the potential of more and locking the best player in the league up for a very, very long time. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I keep I can't get this out of my head. I keep thinking about this. It's at what point like do they have to stop? I mean, how high can these owners pay these players? I mean, every contract we see is making hit in you know, each new contract is a notch up. Like this one went ahead of Russell Wilson. It's like every single new contract that somebody gets is is breaking a barrier. So it's, at some point, we can't pay these guys all the way up to a billion dollars. At some point, it's got to drop back down and they've got to reset this somewhere. I, I don't know where or how that's going to happen, but man, um, hey, Good, good for good for Mahomes yeah, and good for Mahomes. It'll probably, you know what? Honestly, it'll probably be with the Lamar Jackson extension. Say he can, he continues yeah. to keep making the Ravens like a thirteen and three team year in and year out, and they eventually yeah. say win a Super Bowl in the next two or three years. They get past the Chiefs. Uh, that'll be the next contract to look forward to. Absolutely, because he's got to be due his money too, and he's in. He's right in line with with Mahomes. Uh, you know he he. He want you know he's he just has to win the Super Bowl now. He's won an MVP in his first couple of years, so if he could win the Super Bowl this year, then yeah, he's gonna get he's gonna get paid as well. I just worry about him with injury, um, just just a little bit there, just a little bit more. Yeah, he's more he's he's more elusive, but he does take more chances on the ground with his feet. But the one thing they both have that benefits them greatly is they both have some really good coaching on their teams with Harbaugh and Andy Reid. They're both top five coaches in the league, in my opinion. Yeah, no doubt. And that's the key to all of this. Like I said before, Andy Reid couldn't get that Super Bowl, finally gets it now. And hey, now look at him. Could he be? There's a lot of coaches out there that got one Super Bowl, uh, you know, John Harbaugh being being one of them. But let's talk about 
what what this means for Andy Reid now. He's 62 years old. You know, he's going to probably ride this out into the sunset, maybe take an executive position um, like the great Mike Holmgren did. He transitioned into that upper management role. And uh, who knows, could Andy Reid, could he supplant his, his name in, in the history books and as one of the greatest coaches of all time by winning maybe two or three championships? And, and, and really, um, if you look at this, for Mahomes to justify this contract, I would say all he really has to do, and it's not all he has to do, but if he wins one more Super Bowl and that's it, I think Chiefs fans w- would take that in, in a heartbeat. I mean, they waited 50 years in between, you know, from from Super Bowl four till this one. They waited 50 years, uh, you know, a, a second one in the next 10 years. I think they'd be okay with that. I I agree, but I think that when when I first saw this contract extension, one of the first things that I that like popped into my head was, all right, is this basically another 10 year marriage with Andy Reid as well? Because I mean, Patrick Mahomes couldn't do what he does if they, he wasn't in the system that Angie Reid has implemented in Kansas City. But he's only 62. You'd think he'd be a little bit older. Bill Belichick, 68. Pete Carroll, 68. They're on the older side of the head coaches in the league. Yep. But he has a little bit of youth on his side. Um, the first thing I thought of was I, I can picture Andy Reid staying in Kansas City for at least another six to eight years easily, unless they have like some huge, you know, bubble gap that they, they just like stink for a couple of years because they're paying him so much money and the cap hits too big and they can't afford to get any players and they're, or they get a bust in the draft or something like that. But I think Andy Reid's going to be here for a long time as well. Yeah, I have to uh, agree with that. Okay, now to some more troubling news. We're going to transition this over to this Deshaun Jackson um, tweet or Instagram post that he made yesterday, last night, I believe it was. Um, You know, Deshaun Jackson, he's kind of been irrelevant for a while. Speedster guy on the Eagles, off the Eagles, back on the Eagles. Okay, he had some issues a few years ago in like Washington, maybe, or when he came back to Philly, I forget, something with him involved with gangs and all sorts of stuff. But out of nowhere, Deshaun Jackson, he, he, I can't even believe that I have to, that I'm reading these, these words off, you know, out of my notes, but he actually posted a, it, it was deemed fake, but he posted a fake Adolf Hitler quote. On Instagram, um, it was bizarre. It basically talked about how you know about white Jews and, and anti-Semitism and and all this all this stuff. You have to go in and look at it to to kind of understand what's going on. The Eagles didn't waste much time posting a statement today that read in part uh, they called Jackson's post offensive, harmful, absolutely appalling. And I read that he's owed a little over a little less than like five million. They might actually cut him. He might lose his job over this. I know you said he just released a statement not too long ago. I didn't fully uh, see that. So if you want to go into that at all. Yeah, basically he's sitting in a chair and he's confronting a camera and he posts on Instagram and he, and he issues an apology after posting uh, on social media uh, the message that he attributed to Adolf Hitler and a nation of Islam leader, Louis Farcon, if I'm saying that correctly. Um, but immediately the, the outlash, like the backlash was, you could see it on Twitter. He was trending. Everyone's wondering. I'm not sure how fast he took it down. I didn't go to his profile and check it out myself, but yeah, if you, me, if me you looked, you could find the message. Um, it was, 
very disturbing to read. It was appalling. The Eagles made a very um, loud, uh, you know, message saying that we do not condone this type of message, and we strongly urge Deshaun to take appropriate action and, and issue an apology. And he eventually did so. But it's it's a it's a wild thing to read. You never expect someone like Deshaun Jackson to to post something like that, especially a, a fake quote attributed to Adolf Hitler along with anti-Semitic views uh, underneath it. And it's highlighted too. It's a very bizarre post. We've seen, yeah, we've seen some weird things on Instagram from athletes this year. One of them being a player on my nuggets. A couple other weird people have yes. posted on Instagram this year. It's been crazy. <laughs> it's been very crazy, but uh, I, I can't explain it. I saw a, a documentary about Deshaun Jackson when he was first coming out of college and it was like how his father pushed him to be, you know, the fastest and the strongest. And it was very moving. And I almost was like a fan of his just for a little bit, you know, I was like, Oh, I I can respect an individual like that. That's a really strong message, a nice bond between a father and a son. But this stuff, you, it's just, it hit, it's straight out of left field. It's so weird. I don't get, I don't get how people just post online nowadays without double checking themselves or rereading it, you know? Who's who's in his ear telling him these things that he's like, yeah, you know what? They're right. I'm gonna I'm gonna share this to my millions of fans. That's the problem. They have nobody in their corner. They have nobody telling them not well, they probably do to some extent, but not really pushing them. Here's the bizarre thing that I just read. And I don't know, this maybe is starting to make a little sense as to why he might have posted this. Um if you Think about it, and this is what this article is saying. Guess who owns the Philadelphia Eagles? Okay, you have, um, you have uh, Eagles owner Jeffrey Loria, and uh, I I must have just lost my point, but yeah, Jeffrey Loria. Um, or talking about Lurie. the general manager as well. Yeah, they Howie are both Roseman. Jewish. Yeah, yes, both thank Jewish. you. Yeah. yeah, I lost my spot in this article. They're both Jewish and they're both obviously white. So is this some sort of shot at them? Like, I don't know exactly what he's trying to say here. It, it, it's honestly, it's almost like he had a little bit of a mental break or something because it's like so bizarre. I just watched um, Unsolved Mysteries, I think it's called on Netflix, the first episode. And the guy, they ruled it was a suicide. I'm not going to get into all the details, but he left like a note that was taped to the back of the laptop in the, in his like office in his house. It was a bunch of like weird gibberish type of stuff. Almost not as, not as, I mean, it was a lot more like you couldn't even decipher what the hell he was talking about. Almost like it was a serious mental break type of thing. But I almost wonder sometimes with Deshaun Jackson and, you know, he spends so much time on the trainer's table. I think that's a part of his problem. He's got his phone out too much and he doesn't, you know, know how to keep his mouth shut. If I was a pro athlete, I wouldn't even touch social media because it can get you in so much trouble. Look at Denzel Mims, rookie on the New York Jets. This just came out today. He's on a Call of Duty like Twitch live stream or whatever, and somebody asks him about the Philadelphia Eagles, and he calls it, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not going to say because it, it's offensive, but he basically calls it uh, a dirty, bleeping city, and he went into more detail later on a podcast saying that, you know, he was actually scared to go there because he'd never been to Philly and it was just a scary place. I mean, if you've ever been to Philly, yes, there are some bad, very bad parts 
And, and so I sort of get where he's coming from. But even on a video game, you got to be careful. Everybody's always recording you. Everything stays out there in the cloud. Okay, you alluded to the Denver Nuggets. We won't say who, but we all know who. Um, so yeah, these guys, they're young. They live in this social media age, but come on, you got to be extremely, extremely careful. Okay, real quick, I'm not going to um, take up too much time on this, but over the weekend, it was, of course, July 4th, we had the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. You had a Mickey Sudo for the women and Joey Chestnut as the favorites to win this. They are the ones that win every year, even when they have a bad year, i.e. Mickey Sudo in 2019. Okay, they both came back. This was a temperature controlled, like 76 degrees, I believe it was. They did it indoors in a like sort of secret location there because of everything going on with COVID. And they absolutely destroyed it. They killed it. They set records. Mickey Sudo uh, set the world record on the women's side with 48 and a half hot dogs and buns. And my man, Joey Chestnut, ate 75 hot dogs and buns to win the title. He could have sat out the the last five and a half minutes. I think he he won by like 30 dogs. Here's just a quick little clip because, um, you know, my man, uh, the guy that uh, does the introductions and everything, he is an absolute beast. You could hear some of it here. Put down your hot dogs on. Some things change. Some remain the same. Hot dogs and buns. A world record. 75 hot dogs and buns. 75. And you hear George Shea, the unofficial 75 hot dogs and buzz. Joey Chestnut, your 13 time now. Just Nathan's famous champion. Yeah, that's George Shea. He's great. If you've never heard his intros, you got to listen to them. I've never heard somebody so excited about hot dogs in my entire life. That's great. Yeah, I, I, dude, I saw a sports science on this and, and the, the, their jaw, like how strong it is, all, all this pressure, all the, the way he can expand his stomach, it, it's sickening. And he's now a 13-time champ. That passes Rafael Nadal for the most individual championships uh, and most individual titles. You could argue he's the greatest athlete of all time if you want to consider, you know, major league eating uh, a sport. A sport, yeah. I mean, I, I, I kind of do because I can't do it. And I think it's very impressive because it's not something that a lot of people can do. Uh, so yeah, um, we're, we're actually starting to, uh, run out of some time here. We're, we're really, uh, diving into this thing and we got a lot to go. So we'll just, we'll just continue to move right along. We're going to talk baseball. We've got a lot going on in major league baseball. The, so Friday when I did my episode right after they came out with the first round of testing for COVID for all 32 teams. This was supposed to be the real big test, you know, as far as what baseball is going to look like going forward. And this was a very good sign. Only 38 positive tests came back from 3,185 samples that were collected from both players, staff members, you know, coaches from from all 32 teams. That equates to just a 1.2% Marge, uh, value there because if you look at the NBA, they had a little bit higher towards like uh, six or eight percent. Um, so that's very good. Uh, there's been since then, there's been some players that have tested, of course, because they're testing pretty much daily as players come into the facilities. I know Sean Doolittle of the 
Nationals, he raised concerns because he got a test on Friday. And then on Monday, they made him test again, and he still hadn't received the results from Friday. So we talked about how he thinks that, you know, they need to clean that type of stuff up and they need to, you know, work on that. Because, yeah, that is a concern. Why would you get tested twice if you didn't even get your first test back? So, um, yeah, that's just one of those things that they've, you know, they're going to have to adapt to. And and these are, this is going to be the way of life for the foreseeable future. I, I mean, I don't know what more to say. Baseball players can choose to opt out of the season. And if he, you know, if he doesn't feel safe, he can opt out. But I think for the most part, uh, they're going to, they're going to play. I know some people don't think so, but I I happen to, you know, be on the positive side of things. And I I do believe that they are going to play. Okay, um, I spoke about some of those notable players that did test positive. There are some pretty big names. I know the Braves were the first ones to release four names, one of them being Freddie Freeman. Okay, his wife Chelsea actually, I think she posted it, I don't know if it was on Instagram or something. Most of these guys, because they're such fit athletes, they haven't really dealt with any symptoms. But Freddie Freeman, she said it hit him like a ton of bricks. He had the fever, the chills, all that stuff. So hopefully he, you know, he's able to recoup and he's doing well. Other Braves players that tested positive, Pete Cosmo, Will Smith, Tuki Toussaint, um, and all four players did give the Braves permission to announce those tests. Also of note, Braves coach Eric Young, who went to my alma mater in Rutgers, he's a local New Brunswick guy, he has opted out of the 2020 season. He is considered high risk. And then you have a couple of other all-stars, Royals catcher Salvador Perez and Twins third baseman Miguel Sano, as well as Joey Gallo. It was announced uh, yesterday that, that he had it, but he hit, he is uh, asymptomatic. Um, so there's your little bit of a COVID update in, in, in terms of baseball, but no, that's a, that's a good number. It's, it's roughly like 40, 45, you know, probably since then, um, which is roughly two, 3%. I, I think that baseball is doing it, doing it well right now. And I think it helps that they're outside versus these other, uh, sports that are going to be stuck inside in bubbles. I, I really am a little concerned with, with the NBA conditions, how that's gonna, how that's gonna pan out, but I don't know. Okay. Um, I didn't, I I was going to spend a little bit of time on this, but I figured since we're almost 30 minutes in already, we'll kind of speed it along. Uh, everybody knows that the hot topic of discussion right now is the Redskins with their name change and they are likely set to change their name. I just saw today, Walmart, Dick Sporting Goods removed merchandise from their online stores as well as, you know, Nike had done, done that previously. Well, the Cleveland Indians, they have had, uh, they have talked about it. They are prepared to consider a name change, which I think is just absolutely ridiculous. Okay. They've already gotten rid of Chief Wahoo, who, you know, he was on their logo. They got rid of him. He was a Native American caricature. Many felt he was racist. I, I never looked at it that way. Okay. That you had the major league movies about the Indians. Like that stuff's all. All fun. It's all in, in fun, and the the team has been the team name has been around for a hundred and five years. I don't understand why there's this push all of a sudden to get rid of these names when they've been around for a hundred years. We, we all of a sudden just care now, but uh, yeah, it's ridiculous. If we're going to change that team name, we might as well go ahead and change every team name. The Kansas City Chiefs they just won the Super Bowl. We're going to change their their name as well. Um, I just think that that's ridiculous, and I don't really think that. 
there's that many people that this is offending. And I don't think it's racist in any way, shape or form. Okay. The Native American tribal people, they are they are the ones that founded this country. If you really want to think about it, we were the ones that stole the land from them. So to, to, you know, to represent them uh, in sports, I think is awesome. And I think that a lot of them would agree because I saw it on, I saw as much on Twitter and I know you've seen it as well. Yeah, I've seen a lot for a push both ways, honestly, but it, it doesn't affect me if, if they change the name or not. I know it affects my father, my father, uh, I don't know what the tie is, but he is for some reason a Washington Redskins fan. He always has been, and he probably always will be. And he's told me that if they do change the name and they stop selling merchandise labeled as the Redskins, he's probably going to go out of his way and try and find some sort of old school throwback jersey or jacket to kind of up- upgrade his wardrobe uh, as long as um, it's fairly priced and not price scalped on eBay or something like that, but he also will purchase new um, uh, uniforms and stuff if they do change the team name. And they actually had some pretty cool suggestions online. Um, they they had the red tails, which looked pretty awesome. They kept the colorway as well. So I'm intrigued to see what they do. Uh, it doesn't bother me if they change it or not, but I would honestly uh, not be surprised if they get, get pressured into changing it. It seems to be the trend nowadays. Yeah, I'm I'm okay. Like if they want to change the Redskins name, I, it is what it is. Like that one, it's like okay. But now to just start talking about like all these other teams, like the Cleveland Indians, the Kansas City Chiefs, the 49ers, the Atlanta Braves were get are getting a little pushback, although they I don't even I didn't even understand what the Native American tie was there. Um apparently they once had a Chief Nakahoma who would come out of a TP after a home run and do some war dance, but that was gone like at in 1986, like different things that we don't really realize because we're a little bit younger. But yeah, just to start change, like all of a sudden they're going to change like Florida State Seminoles, like a college team, like that's so synonymous. You know that's Florida State. All that stuff, it, it's just it's not jiving well with me, and I really hope they don't do it. Okay, next up. Some sad news to report. Ex-Major League Baseball pitcher Tyson Brummett was killed in a plane crash in Utah. Just another sad story. Another. This is now the third pitcher for the Phillies over the years to die in a plane crash. Um, it, it's it, it's scary as all hell. And, and these guys, they love to pilot their, their own planes. And he was piloting this plane. Some and it crashed somewhere in the Wasatch Mountains uh, near Salt Lake City, Utah, on Friday morning. All four people on board were killed. Um, he was, uh, if you don't recognize the name, that's okay. I didn't either. He appeared in just one game in the major leagues for the Phillies. He was selected in the seventh round in the 07 draft. He spent parts of eight seasons in the minor leagues before he was released by the Dodgers Double A club in 2014, and he was 35 years old. Okay, some more scary news. In the Bronx, you had Masahiro Tanaka getting absolutely rocked from off the bat of John Carlos Stan. He got hit in the head. It was an extremely scary situation. It was captured by the Yes Network, who was airing this. Um, he luckily, I don't know how these pitchers get up off the ground after getting hit in the head like this, but he was able to walk off under his own power taken to the hospital. He had a concussion, maybe some other stuff going on, but he was back at the ballpark 
Um, he tweeted thanking the fans for support and everything, and he's doing okay, thankfully. The exit velo on that on that uh, ball off Stanton's bat was 112 miles per hour, bro. Could you imagine getting hit in the head with, with that kind of velocity? It's insane. Uh, I honestly was surprised they didn't have the L screen out there on the mound. Um, so but after I. watching the video live, you kind of you hear whoever was recording there. I think there's a couple videos that surfaced, one from the yes and a couple from the I guess a press box or some of the club boxes in the stadium. But you you instantly see the reaction, and then you hear that you see the pan out of the camera of the staff and the players running over to the mound and and checking on him. It was very scary to see. Yeah, they didn't at first because of everything with COVID. They didn't really want to rush out there and like surround him and get real close, but. Finally, the trainer came and and they cleaned it up. They did bring the L screen out, so obviously live and learn after the fact, right? I, that was my first thought. It's like, why isn't the L screen out there when they're just kind of scrimmaging? Yeah. But yeah, hopefully, you know, he recovers well and he gets back on the mound because the Yanks need him if they want to win a World Series. Okay, speaking of World Series hopes, the Los Angeles Dodgers took a hit. David Price add his name to the growing list of players skipping the season. He announced on Saturday that he has decided it is in the best interest of the health of his health and his family's health to not play this season. Of course, David Price has yet to play or appear in a game for the Dodgers. He was traded there along with Mookie Betts back in February. Okay, it's definitely a blow for them considering they were up there, World Series aspirations. Um, Nick Markakis of the Braves, has also decided to opt out of the season. He talked about Freddie Freeman, his teammate, how he talked to him on the phone and he could hear how sick he was and it kind of scared him and he realized like this probably isn't a great idea for me. So he has decided to opt out and that's fine. Hey, if, if you know, some, some are meant for it, some can't handle it and that's fine. That's your right. If you want to opt out, you can opt out. Okay, Major League Baseball has finally released the schedule. The season will open July 23rd with the Nationals, the World Series champs, the reigning uh, champs. They will host the Yankees at 7.08 Eastern start on ESPN. It'll be a doubleheader, and then you'll have the Giants and Dodgers at 10.08. That's going to be roughly first pitch there. So that's an exciting little first night opening day. That's just a couple of weeks away, which is awesome. The rest of the league will open uh, the following day on the 24th. I did jot down some notable matchups that are going to occur throughout these 60 games that you, you know, you might want to circle on your calendar as well. So July 28th and 29th, you'll have the Dodgers versus the Astros. That'll be a rematch of the World Series from just a couple of seasons ago. You know, we could see some bad blood. We all know that the Astros cheated to win that World Series, right? So we might see some some guys throw at some Astros players, some brawls. That That's going to be just must-watch TV. Then on the 31st to August 2nd, you have the Red Sox and Yankees. That's obviously one of the greatest rivalries in sports. And then August 21st to the 23rd, not as sexy, but it's still... You know, it's still an interleague rivalry. You know, they fight for for the city of Chicago. You've got the White Sox and the Cubs. And over the 60-game regular season, teams, the schedules will be as follows. Each team will play their divisional, uh, their four divisional opponents 10 times each, and the other 20 games will be against their interleague counterparts in the same geographical area. So I've talked about that. If you're in the American League East, like the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Orioles, the Blue Jays, the Rays, you would be playing the National League East. So the Mets, 
the Braves, the Phillies, the Nationals, all the team, the Marlins, all the teams that are in that you know same the Eastern region there. So smart, smart, smart move by by Major League Baseball to do that for sure. Okay, real quick, some quick hitting uh, NBA news. A couple more players that have opted out of the season. Bradley Beal has opted out. Victor Oladipo already opted out, I believe, over the weekend. Uh, Beal is dealing with a shoulder injury. I didn't think that he was going to go just because of everything and, and that he's you know been hurting. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie of my Brooklyn Nets, he wanted to play, but he got a second positive COVID test yesterday. So team doctors advised him it, it's best to just sit it out, not play. That's now six players on the Nets that have uh, decided to shut it down and not play. Listen, at first, I was excited for the restart. I thought the Nets maybe had a chance, Kyrie, KD, all that. And now six players are out. The Nets have zero shot. Here's where you add a wrinkle into this. If the Nets finish with a, you know, if if the Nets miss the playoffs here, it's not necessarily the worst thing. And I'll tell you why. They owe their first round pick to the Timberwolves, but not if it lands in the top 14 picks. So in that case, the Nets would get their first rounder this year. They would give away their first rounder next year. And that's great because you get KD, Kyrie coming back. If you could add a first rounder this year, that would definitely help. And then you don't really need that first rounder you know, in Durant's second season. So that's an interesting wrinkle there. But I just think that they're up too much on the Wizards who were in, I think, ninth place. And now with Beal out, it's going to be hard for them to catch them. So, you know, all very interesting. And then finally, uh, Dwight Howard announced, I think it came out today, that he is going to join the Lakers and he will play in Disney. I know he was contemplating uh, whether he was going to join them or not. Okay, one last thing before we get to the UFC, because I know you're just chomping at the bit to talk about that. We got a big one coming up. We do, and we'll get to it just real quick. Just get this out the way. Rocket Mortgage Classic, that's some golf for all yous that don't know that. And it was Bryson DeChambeau. The guy added 40 pounds during quarantine. It's like, what were you doing during quarantine? Well, if you're Bryson, you were chugging protein shakes and just gaining a lot of weight. They say it's muscle, uh, I guess, but he does definitely look fatter in the face and a little bit in the belly. He's hitting absolute bombs. He's become, you know, the fan fan favorite. He's kind of hated amongst the players a little bit, but just 26 years old. He finished 23 under. He hits the ball like 370 yards. It's unprecedented territory. He, you know, he he's setting records for the for the distance, the average distance he's hitting the ball. Okay, uh, 350.6 yards was his average throughout this four days. Okay. And and that shattered Tiger Woods mark of 341.5 at the open in 2005. So that just shows you the level of power that this guy has. Um, and he also was, he didn't hit many fairways hitting it wildly, but hitting it far, but his putter came, it showed up and, and, uh, he led the field in shots gained in putting. So yeah, congrats to Bryson. He gets, I think that's his fourth win in four years. So, so pretty good for him. Okay. Uh, let's, let's just skip ahead and and I'll let you get right into, uh, what you've been wanting to talk about. All right. So UFC 251 this Saturday on ESPN plus it is live from the Abu Dhabi islands. We have our first main event of the evening, the big title fight between Kamaru Usman and number three welterweight Jorge Masvidal, who stepped in last minute. Uh, replacing Gilbert Burns, who tested positive for COVID, which is everything that they're trying to prevent going into Fight Island. 
Um, we have Alexander Volkanovsky, who's the champion featherweight fighting the number one ranked featherweight Max Holloway, which is a rematch from last December. Uh, Volkanovsky obviously took the fight and won that. And then we have another tri- championship fight with number three bantamweight Peter Yan is fighting Ho- uh, Jose Aldo, the number 11 ranked ba- bantamweight. So all three title fights are going to be very interesting. And then before we even get to that, we have two women fights uh, with some actually some big name fighters coming in. Jessica Andrade, the number one ranked strawweight, is taking on the number two ranked strawweight, Rose Namajunas, also known as Thug Rose, one of my favorite fighters in the UFC. And then in a surprising twist, Paige Van Zant is back in the UFC fighting the number 14 ranked women's flyweight, Amanda Ribas. Uh, Paige Van Zant was famous when she first came up. Uh, she was one of the more attractive fighters. She gained a large following. She was on uh, Dancing with the Stars. And as recently, she's been uh, pretty big on TikTok, if you can believe it or not. I don't know if any of anybody out there likes TikTok. I personally don't, but I follow her on Instagram, and she posts her TikToks with her other UFC fighting boyfriend all the time. So if you guys are looking for a nice UFC card this weekend, the Abu Dhabi Yas Islands are being regulated as a safe zone. The general public will not be allowed in, and I urge everyone to just Google UFC Fight Island progress and look at the videos that are surfacing. It looks like an abandoned Air Air Force hangar uh, with like two domed cylinders on each side. Uh, nobody can get in. Nobody can get out. And it's going to be one of the best UFCs ever if the hype continues. So check that out, everybody. Yeah, I have to get on that. I heard them talking about it on the radio. That's what I'm most excited for. I've been hearing Fight Island, Fight Island, Fight Island for months now. And now it, it, Dana White delivered. Okay, they've got that practice octagon on the beach. And I, I'm just so ready. And, and if that's not enough, this is going to be an epic fight. Um, I know Masvidal and, and no love lost between these two. So, you know, it, it is going to be great. And here, here's a little preview of that. Anybody in that welterweight division that think they want this, you know you don't, because I'm a problem. What happens now? A very exciting possible replacement. Kamaru Usman versus Jorge Masvidal for the new UFC 251 main event. Who wants this fight? He's the baddest mother. <laughs> Yeah, this should be epic. Those two hate each other, and, and I can't wait. I'm not hugely into UFC like you are, but this is one of those ones that without a doubt I will be tuning in for and I will be watching. So, yeah, yeah it, it, it. I'm going to literally, as soon as we're done with this, as soon as everything, post-editing and whatnot, I am hopping on Twitter and I'm going to look up these pictures because I'm just itching to see what this place looks like. It, it's, you have it to. Be they, awesome. they gave almost like a GoPro uh, style okay, nice. uh, video of the entire island and it, it looked they have a party area the fighting arena looks absolutely insane the practice mat on the beach is beautiful everything is flawless it almost looks like it was built overnight it's 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 perfect um anyone out there that's potentially looking to make a bet i'm more of a parlay guy when it comes to sports betting i know you like to do like the upfront <laughs> yep. upfront winners uh, my bets for this fight i'm taking masvidal with the parlay, really? I'm, yeah, I'm taking Masvidal. The last time Masvidal fight 
uh, Florida wrestler was Ben Askren, and he set Ooh, the UFC record for fastest knockout with a flying knee to the head as soon as the fight started. I'm not saying Usman is going to be that gullible to go right in and go for a takedown immediately when the guy's running at you with a flying knee. But Usman is one of the better wrestlers in the UFC. The only reason he didn't uh, use any of his wrestling the last time he fought was he fought Colby Covington, who is also a world champion wrestler. So this fight is going to be very interesting. Uh, Parlay that with Max Holloway. I had him winning the first time he fought Volkanovski. I think he gets his revenge this time. And if you want to do another parlay, you can throw Peter Yan on there. I don't like Jose Aldo coming in at his age, competing for um, a title that was just left by Henry Cejudo when he retired a couple weeks back. So anybody out there that's trying to make a quick buck, take my word for it. Go with that three-team parlay right there. Dude, I'm looking at DraftKings. There is there really this many fights? There's there's a lot coming up. The the They have a lot of teams and everything in place for this. They've put in so much work, so much talk over Fight Island. The whole month of July is going to have four four events on this Fight Island. They're, they're sanitizing it from head to toe. It's it's absolutely insane. Wow. Uh, Uz, Kamara Usman is minus 265, Masvidal plus 210. So Masvidal coming in. I just don't know. I mean, you're you're the quote unquote expert here. I don't know enough about it, but I see I see Masvidal making pit stops in Italy for, for some pizza, not eating very good. But uh, he, he also didn't have all that much time to prepare for this fight. It's, it's like six days. Now you could argue that this was in the works. I, I don't know. Like I, I'm a little, I feel almost like that this is too good to be true. Like this dude uh, just gets COVID at the last second and they replace him with who they really wanted from the beginning anyway. That seems yeah. a little sketch to me. The only thing that was sketchy was they that they wanted this fight to be made in the first place, but the money going into Masvidal's team wasn't what they wanted, so they backed out. And then they, I guess he continued training. And for the, for the pizza picture, okay, I don't know if okay. he's just being cocky. That's just the type of individual right, right. he is. He's very flamboyant with what he does. He wants to make a pit stop in Italy and get some Italian pizza, or maybe it was an old picture and he just picked it up from, <laughs> you know, little Caesars down the street and yeah, put it in a know. different box. Who knows? That's just the type of person he is. He also says that he's going to baptize Usman. And when, uh, when he Ooh. was asked, what does he mean by baptize him? He said, he's going to uh, put him in an unconscious state and he will be reborn as a new person. So, Damn. I cannot bet against that. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I could bet against that either, but um, you know what? I'm just going to take the safe bet and take Uzban. You take Masvidal. So we'll, we'll see who who's the winner in the end. All right. Should be fun. Okay, last but not least, we'll wrap this thing up right here. We've got On This Date in Sports. I had one prepared for yesterday, and it's just so funny that I'm going to give you guys two. So I'll give you yesterday's and today's. It's two birthdays. So July 6th, 2000, Zion Williamson was born. And I have no clue why this person paid tribute to Zion, but take it away, Carol Baskin. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. It's Carol Baskin at Big Cat Rescue, and our guy Zion is turning 20 years old. The cool cats and kittens at Overtime have loved watching you play and grow over the years and can't wait to watch you dunk on everybody in Orlando. We're always rooting for the coolest cat around, and that's Big Z. Stay cool. 
Dude, I had to like mute my mic to stop myself from laughing. Oh my it, it, I don't understand why that happened or where that came from. I don't think she even has a clue who Zion Williamson is. I, that is so bizarre. She's a crazy freaking lady who probably murdered her husband. It, if you haven't watched Tiger King, that is must-see television. She's the prototypical crazy cat woman, and I'm going to go have to clean my ears out after listening to that. <laughs> that was weird. Yeah, super, super weird. Okay, and then finally, today's um, date in sports, you've got July 7th, 1960. Ralph Sampson, the one and only, was born. He turned 60 years old today. He is one of two players of all time to win the Naismith College Player of the Year three times, the other being Bill Walton. He was the number one pick in the 1983 NBA draft, played nine seasons in the league, and he was inducted into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame in 2012. With that being said, guys, that is going to wrap up the show. I'm the Pody. Thanks uh, again for being here, Nick. Um, I know everybody else appreciates it out there that is listening. The episode actually uh, from last Monday got some good traction going so far. So yeah. Nice. Thank you guys for supporting the show. Thank you for having me on, Pody. I'm sorry it went a little bit longer than we told everybody, uh, but do not blame us. Blame Deshaun Jackson. Exactly. Watch what you post on social media, guys. Be careful, guys. Uh Be careful. Okay, so that's going to do it. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of your week. Stay safe, stay healthy, uh, be careful out there. I will see you guys on Friday. Pody out.